0: And check out amazing national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
1: Hello and welcome back to Sword and Scale Daily. I'm your host, Ryan Williams. It's Thursday, January 23rd, and this is your daily true crime report. Coming up on Sword and Scale Daily in Albany, Oregon, A man has been arrested for the murder of his estranged wife after his friend turned in a circular saw he borrowed that contained both tissue and blood matching the missing woman. A Nevada County, California man has been released on parole after spending nearly 25 years in prison after being convicted for the murders of two 16-year-old girls. Finally. Authorities in Long Island have released what they believe to be a crucial piece of evidence handled by the Gilgo Beach Killer, also known as the Long Island Serial Killer. All this and more, coming up on Sword and Scale Daily. Authorities in Albany, Oregon, announced on Tuesday that they have arrested 42-year-old Craig LaZan and charged him in connection with the murder of his estranged wife, 37-year-old Tiffany LaZan, who has been missing since January 9th. According to KATU 2 News, relatives of Tiffany's had not heard from her since December 27th and on January 8th had asked authorities to conduct a welfare check. Police were unable to establish any contact with Tiffany and when they had spoken to Craig around 1.25 a.m. on January 9th, he claimed to not know where his wife was, and he indicated she was supposed to be moving to Washington. During their missing persons investigation, investigators learned that Craig had borrowed a circular saw from a friend. Craig returned the saw several days later to that friend. Due to the nature of the investigation, that friend then turned the saw over to authorities, who then sent it to the Oregon State Crime Lab. Forensic analysis of the saw showed there to be bodily tissue and blood that was consistent with the DNA of Tiffany Lazon. Fortunately for investigators, they didn't have to go far to find Craig as he was already in custody on charges of second-degree animal neglect and animal abandonment. KOIN6 reported that on January 14th, Craig was arrested and charged after abandoning Tiffany's cat inside a storage unit. Captain Brad Lyles stated, quote, The cat was found at a storage unit in Albany, listed under several people's names. It sounded like a cat in distress, so we responded and actually found the cat. So he was charged with that through our municipal court. Tiffany's cat has since been given to her daughter. This isn't the first time that Craig Lazon has encountered trouble in regards to his wife. According to a probable cause affidavit, Craig was arrested in 2015 and charged with attempted murder, fourth-degree assault, strangulation, two counts of second-degree assault, first-degree rape, first-degree sodomy, first-degree unlawful sexual penetration, and first-degree kidnapping. These charges stemmed from an incident where Craig had tied Tiffany up in the couple's home on February 24th, 2015. Over the course of nearly six days, he raped, strangled, and beat her while she was in captivity. To make matters worse, Tiffany's teenage daughter was in the home throughout the course of it all. Craig told the daughter that Tiffany was sick in order to keep them apart. According to the court document, Tiffany told police that Craig put her in a car and was planning to take her to the Kalapuya River, drown her, and dump her body. But she claimed that he forgot his cell phone in the house and when he went inside to get it, she somehow got free from the car and ran several yards to a neighbor's house. Frederick Edwards is the manager of the Westside Villa Apartments in Albany, where Tiffany LaZan said she was assaulted. He said he saw her after she escaped. In 2015, Edwards told KATU2 News that he put Tiffany LaZan on the stoop of his apartment behind one of his cars so Craig Lazon couldn't get to her. He said Craig appeared to be angry, almost possessed. All of the charges against Craig LaZan in that case were dismissed after a judge determined the victim in the case, Tiffany, was not a credible witness. Tiffany Lazant is 5 feet 5 inches tall and weighs 115 pounds. She has blonde hair and blue eyes. She wears glasses. If anyone has seen Tiffany or has information on the case, they are asked to contact the Albany Police Detectives at 541-917-7686. Our next story brings us to Alameda County, where convicted murderer, 45-year-old Sam Strange, has been released on parole after serving nearly 25 years in Valley State Prison. Sam Strange had been convicted in 1996 of the murders of two teenage girls from Grass Valley, California. He received two 16-years-to-life sentences. 16-year-olds Chrissy Campbell and Dawn Donaldson, two best friends, had gone missing on July 23, 1994. Originally, the case was treated as such, just a missing person's investigation. But two weeks later, investigators found the body of the two young women, both brutally murdered. Due to the nature of the crime, both bodies were considered to be unidentifiable and had to be identified through DNA. It was a heinous crime in what would be considered a small, tight-knit community According to retired Nevada County Sheriff's Captain, Ron Smith, he stated, quote, It was a whodunit. People didn't know. Was there a killer in our midst? There was concern about a satanic group, about a hitchhiker murderer. During the course of the investigation, Nevada County investigators were able to establish that Sam Strange had been in contact with both women around the last time that they were seen. According to detectives, Sam had told them that both Chrissy and Dawn had asked him for a ride, and he refused. Eventually, that story would begin to unravel. Sam reportedly admitted that he disposed of the bodies, but pointed the finger at two friends of his for the murders, claiming that his life, as well as that of his mother, father, and siblings, had been threatened if he said anything. But the evidence recovered started to paint a different picture. According to a press release from the Nevada County DA's office in 2015, both the ax and sledgehammer used in the murder had come from Sam's garage. The weapons were disposed of in a nearby pond. Fingerprints recovered from the bags containing the bodies belonged to Sam, and that he allegedly continued to lie to investigators. Throughout the years though, Chrissy's father, Doug, has stated that he's grown to believe Sam's story as it has stayed consistent from the beginning and was the same as what Sam's mother, Kathy Strange Morales, had published in her manuscript she wrote about her son's case. Chrissy's mother, Kathy, believes that two men who had been involved in the case are currently walking around free. She has stated, quote, "'Any attention to the case is helpful. "'We are always hopeful. "'Someone will come forward with the truth.'" Dawn's family, on the other hand, believe the correct person was arrested and convicted for her murder. Linda Olson, Dawn's mother, has stated, quote, "...he told two completely different stories and passed lie detector tests both times, so we know he is very good at lying. He can't be trusted. I do believe Sam Strange is right where he belongs, and he is a risk to the public. The thought of running into him in town, if he were to be released, would be more than I can handle. He should never get out. Never." Dawn's family have set up a memorial for her in Montana, where she was born. Linda Olson said, quote, It's a beautiful place with a view of the Mission Mountains and the Flathead Lake. That's where I will scatter her ashes. Sam Strange was granted parole suitability in August 2019 after his fourth attempt. He had previously been granted parole in February 2018, but then Governor Jerry Brown had the grant reversed. Joe Orlando, a spokesperson for the California Department of Corrections, has said that Sam Strange will be on supervised parole until January 17th, 2022. After the break, authorities in Long Island have announced what they consider to be a key piece of evidence in the case of the Gilgo Beach Killer, also known as the Long Island Serial Killer.
0: Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
1: Now for our final story. On Thursday, January 16th, authorities in Long Island, New York gathered at a press conference where they released what they consider to be a crucial piece of evidence in the case of the Gilgo Beach Killer, also known as the Long Island Serial Killer. They also believe that this piece of evidence may have been handled by the killer. The piece of evidence in question is a belt embossed with the letters H.M. or W.H. According to Suffolk County Police Commissioner Geraldine Hart, the belt has been in evidence since the initial stages of the investigation. This much-hyped press conference came on the same day that Netflix announced a film on the case called Lost Girls, which is set to premiere on the streaming service on March 13th. During the press conference, it was announced that the black leather belt embossed with the lettering was found at one of the crime scenes off of Ocean Parkway. Commissioner Hart hopes that revealing this piece of evidence will assist in the investigation. The Gilgo Beach Killer, or Long Island Serial Killer, has gripped the residents of the area for a better part of a decade. In May of 2010, Suffolk County police officers were searching for 24-year-old Shannon Gilbert, who had been missing since May 1st of that year. Shannon worked as an escort and was last seen in the area of Oak Beach after running away from a client's home. Her driver, Michael Pack, was waiting outside, but she never returned. During a routine training exercise in December 2010, An officer and his dog discovered the first body in a burlap sack on the north side of the ocean parkway. Nearby, three additional bodies were discovered just two days later. In March and April of 2011, four more bodies were discovered in a different area of the parkway. By November of 2011, a total of 10 bodies had been found in both Suffolk and Nassau counties, and authorities announced they believed one person was responsible for all 10 deaths based on common characteristics among the condition and forensic evidence of the bodies. Four of the women, Megan Waterman, Maureen Brainerd Barnes, Amberlyn Costello, and Melissa Barthelemy, all had their services listed on an escort site. All four of their bodies were found in burlap sacks. On December 13th, 2011, investigators announced they had found the body of Shannon Gilbert in a marsh roughly half a mile from where she had gone missing The week prior, her clothes and some personal belongings had been found in the area. Her death was thought to have occurred from stumbling into the marshland and drowning, but her mother Mary disagrees as Shannon had called 911 the night she went missing, claiming she feared for her life and was seen banging on a resident's door screaming for help before running off. According to the Washington Post, The investigation got a boost in September 2019, when state officials determined that investigators could ask the FBI to deploy genetic genealogy, a technique in which genetic profiles are run through a database to find potential relatives of a homicide victim or suspect. Commissioner Hart has stated she's not sure how long this process could take, but is hoping to utilize the leverage social media has in the meantime. A website to share any tips, as well as provide information regarding the case, has been set up at gilgonews.com. Before we leave you, we have a couple of updates on cases we've been following. The Salt Lake Tribune reports that teenage suspect, 16-year-old CJ Haney, will be tried as an adult in connection with the shooting of five family members that left four dead. The shooting occurred on January 17th in Grantsville, Utah. Tuila County Attorney Scott Broadhead told Fox 13 that the teenager will be tried in district court as opposed to juvenile court because Utah law states that anyone who is 16 or older must be tried as an adult if they are charged with aggravated murder or murder. Prosecutors charged C.J. on Wednesday with four counts of aggravated murder, one count of attempted aggravated murder, and five counts of discharging a firearm. All of the charges are first-degree felonies, and he faces a maximum of life in prison as he is a juvenile and not eligible for the death penalty. The victims have since been named as 52-year-old Consuela Alejandra Haney, 15-year-old Alexis Haney, 14-year-old Matthew Haney, and 12-year-old Milan Haney. The father of the family and fifth victim, 50-year-old Colin Haney, was shot and survived. He has since been released from the hospital We will continue to update you on this story as it develops. Our next update comes from Phoenix, Arizona. I want to warn you ahead of time that the contents from this update may be considered disturbing. Fox 10 Phoenix reports that 22-year-old Rachel Henry sang to her children as she smothered them. According to a police report, she first allegedly smothered her one-year-old daughter by placing her hand over the infant's mouth. While this was occurring, her three-year-old son was yelling no and screamed and tried to hit her to get her to stop. An officer had written in the report, quote, Rachel knew she killed the one-year-old female when she stopped kicking. She then reportedly placed the baby's body in the back bedroom and began chasing after her three-year-old son until her aunt and the children's father came home. They all played with the kids for a bit and then she claimed that she was taking her son to the bedroom to change his underwear. Once in the bedroom, she placed the toddler on the ground, straddled him, and then allegedly strangled him as she sang to him. He scratched and pinched in an attempt to get away. Rachel then claimed to have fed her seven-month-old daughter and waited till she was asleep before allegedly smothering her while her aunt and the children's father were in another room. Police and emergency services were called to the home later that evening and were unable to revive the children. Rachel was taken into custody, where she reportedly admitted to killing her children. She has been charged with three counts of first-degree murder. That's it for today's episode of Sword and Scale Daily. We'll see you back here tomorrow. And until then,
0: stay safe.
1: sword and scale daily is an incongruity media production your host was ryan williams research and writing by hagar barak executive producer mike Boudet. if you like the show subscribe and leave us a review if you'd like to write us with feedback or suggestions use the email address daily at swordandscale.com.